Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. It's a bit of a weird, uh, weird midweek, mid-round podcast this week. You'd think being on a Wednesday, the round wouldn't have even started, but obviously we're smack dab in the middle of this 20 days of footy. Alex Miller, it seems like a lifetime ago that it was round nine, but it wasn't even a week ago. I know, it feels really weird, Cat. As I've said it many weeks before, the rotisserie chicken keeps on rolling. The, the round nine burner has uh, started. The charcoals yes. are cooking and... Uh, Kicked off two, two, two games already, and uh, we're only up to Wednesday tonight. Jesus, I reckon it's more like the Woolies chicken that's been sitting in the uh, <laughs> sitting in the, the Bay Marie for a couple sitting of the Bay Marie for a couple of weeks. Alex Doherty, of course, as always, we're going to uh, be tackling your dogs first. In a disappointing uh, effort last week. Yeah, uh, jeez, we we, we have, have having a rough rough go of things at the moment. Um, yeah, good to be back. Uh, I don't want to be talking about my dogs, but it's A3 tradition. Whenever the two of our teams go head-to-head, we need to uh, need to have a look at it. Yes, we can't ignore it. Last week, obviously, like I said, a lifetime ago on a Wednesday night, the Dogs and the Tigers uh, came head-to-head, and it was the Tigers came away with the victory pretty uh, convincingly by 41 points, 13-12-90-7-7-49. We'll start with you, Alex Doherty. I'm sure you've revisited it over and over again since <laughs> since the game last week. But what went wrong? Uh, look, I, it probably just comes from the first bounce. You know, we weren't exactly switched on and pretty much set the tone for the rest of the night. You know, we've got to, you know, we've got to got to give you got to give you my props, uh, Alex Miller, because they uh, were ready to Thanks, play mate. from the ready to play from the first bounce, and you know the dogs just didn't look like they wanted to be there, which has kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a worrying trend now because when we seem to when we seem to not to not look like we're, we're up to it in the first two minutes. We're not going to be up for it at all. And this gap between our best and our worst is frightening yeah. at the moment. It's like our best is very good. You know, can match the best of them. Uh, you know, we, I watched them play. I watched the dogs play Port on Monday night, and they they were actually quite good to the task. But um, yeah, this this one they just couldn't they just didn't want to run with them they were trailing their men by about 10 15 meters every time they got bullied in the clearances it was just a it's just a procession alex miller and um i think the, tig- procession. The, the, the tigers that the, they're absolutely looking back to their best and i think it, it stems back to a couple of um a couple of your mainstays you know dusty dusty was brilliant uh jack rewalt looked ominent prominent early you know the likes of shy bolton uh James Short was magnificent as well, I thought. Yeah. And, you know, whereas our boys, you know, Jack McRae had a really good, really good game. 37 touches in shortened quarters is a, is a magnificent feat, but not many others really could have held their own. You know, Bontempelli didn't exactly have a big influence on the game. I thought Mitch um, Wallace was really good and, um, it, you know, he kicked his three. And I thought young uh, Latham, we, who we were a big fan of here at A3, absolutely. he's got a bit of something about him. Alex, you've said before, he, he looked good with his two, but I sort of want to ask, let's, let's start with you, Kat, is that we've talked, mm. I've talked about the Bontempelli time up forward and yeah, especially in the big game against the Tigers, uh, you know, we haven't got the best midfield going around at the moment, but we've got an informed shy bomb, Dustin Martin, Cochin's coming back, but a, a good Kane Lambert and some other decent players. Why mm. wasn't Bont playing more time in the middle? Yeah, I don't know what it is. We saw this uh, last night against Port as well, where Bevo just seems to think that putting Bont forward is the answer to fixing their forward structure when it's really yeah, not. It's, it's not. just robbing him out of the midfield group. They need to uh, seriously be looking at what they're doing down there. 
Josh Bruce obviously kicked the two goals in that game, but against Port as well, he was pretty useless. Can't seem to get his hands on the foot. You can't take a mark for the life of him. Uh, so I don't know if they just need a... If it's because Norton isn't in there and it's just throwing yeah. everything off completely. I, uh, I, I, just putting Bont in there is not the answer. I, I, think, no. I, think that, I think that's part of the problem. You know, Watching, watching them in Port on Monday night, they were going forward of centre. They were diabolical. They were just... Hacking kicks up in the air, and Josh Bruce, you know, he's a decent contested mark, but when you put him high up and under, you know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna get it. He's not gonna get it. You know, you'd be lucky if you got it one time out of ten. You know, it's in in a get in in today's footy where defenders thrive on the aerial footy. You know, you ha- you have to put him you have to put it low and direct. And you know, Josh Bruce, I almost feel bad for him because he's just, you know, he, he's the go-to man up forward at the moment, and having Norton back there will certainly ease a little bit of pressure off him. Yeah. I think as well, um, the thing about Josh Bruce is he's, he's good leading forward. He makes good runs towards the ball, but unless he, he, and he makes somewhat of a decent contest, but it's just his second, third work rate is what he needs to work on. And you mentioned Cat during the week that, you know, mm. Saints would be pretty happy with that trade so far in terms of what they've got in return. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They've turned that into uh, Zach Jones and the young man Ryan Burns, who played his first game uh, last week, who didn't have the most of the footy, but a very, very talented young midfielder and played very well in the scratch scratch matches from what we've we've seen in the reports. And you could argue that, you know, Zach Jones has been the best player this year for the Saints. But I suppose um, on the Richmond side of the coin, you know, I I just want to talk about Dustin Martin real quick. I think... um, (laughs) How can you not? 26 goals, uh, 26 goals, no, I wish. 26, 26 goals, touch. he's leading the common off one game. <laughs> he's leading the league, he's uh, the new one-man team. No, 26 touches, three goals, one, uh, three tackles, four clearances, 430 metres game, boys, which is the biggest mm. sign in terms of Dusty moving well around the ground. I think Nick Rewalt mentioned that last night, last night in the Brisbane Richmond post-game, Doc, is that when Dusty's moving forward instead of side to side, he is the most dangerous player in the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we got, we, we got a, we got a re- reality of it firsthand on, um, on Wednesday night because, you know, any time he moved the footy forward, it, almost, it looked like he was going to a... It was, it was certainly hitting a Richmond target. You know, he kicked three goals himself. So that I think, you know, that he's, he's finally got that balance between his time in the midfield and his time up forward. And, you know, the... Some of the, some of the goals he kicked that one in the last quarter where oh. he's just absolutely bent it like Beckham in the uh, in in the pocket. That, that, you just sit that, there and you go, "How does he do that?" Yeah, yeah. how <laughs> can like that, that's a that's a forty eight meter kick on the run in the pocket. That's Eddie Betts like. He that's just nails those every time though. He exactly. loves it from there. Yeah, exactly. You just you just got to sit back and just like Jesus, you know. <laughs> not, 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 not much not much more you can not much more you can say. I want to touch on the return. Can do other than pray. Really. Oh, I was just going to quickly mention, Doc. The, the other things as well is Dusty's eight inside fifty and his nine score involvements. Um, he's just when he doesn't score, he's still such a deadly player. Oh, absolutely. And and back to what I said before, you know, when when he when he delivered that ball inside fifty, it always it always seemed to have hit a Richmond target. You know, it was yeah. just you know he's just such such. A, and this is probably the difference between where the best sides are are at the competition and where the dogs are at the competition. Cause yeah. a lot, a lot of the dogs go, a lot of the dogs, a lot of times dogs go inside 50. They just, they're, they're, they're hacking high up and unders and that's, and that's just not going to suit anybody. You know, it, no. it, it never suited them uh, a few years ago when they won the flag. It hasn't, hasn't, hasn't suited them now. So I don't understand why, 
our ball movement forward of centre is just such a huge issue. Yeah. But, yeah it's um, a strange one for sure. I also I want to touch on Trent Cotchin, boys. I know he, his stats don't exactly jump out of the page, but I thought his performance on Wednesday night, I, I certainly think it made those around him walk a little bit taller for mine. I thought, you know, we know Shy Bolton's in, in, in a lot of form and Dustin Martin's certainly back to his best, but I think they, they just looked like they were up another gear against the Dogs, against the dogs mids and very, very, very good to see him back. Because I think a lot, a lot of the, uh, the Richmond players, you know, that they love their captain. There's no, there's no doubt about that. It's always and, a team looks um, when the captain's in hundred percent. Absolutely. I was yeah. just going to say that, Kat. It's a, it's a massive up when, when you see your captain. But, and yeah, 17 touches and six tackles. He's not going to get his 25, 30 anymore, Koch. He's going to get those 20 touches on those five tackles. But they're so important, Kat, in terms of, mm. you know, for the likes of the young Jack Ross to see that happen and the Higgins and, you know, Castagna's been playing a bit more midfield time. And yeah. I think you want to talk about Shy Bolton, Kat. He, he's been outstanding his last month, especially including the <laughs> midfield mix. Well, look, I'll never forget that the uh, one of the very first times that I had a discussion with you two gentlemen about our beautiful game was giving Shy Bolton an absolute pot. Uh, but he's proven me think? wrong. He's proven think? me wrong over the past two years and has turned himself into an absolutely outstanding play. He did it, did it against the Dogs, did it last night as well. Or the night we get last night as well. Um, he looks good kicking the ball, doesn't he, Cap? For someone his size, yeah. such a powerful leg, and with both feet, he's quite damaging in terms of he can he can do a piercing low ball into the fifty or a, or a long deep kick to those forwards. Well, yeah, I'm having a look at his possession heat map here. So many of those, so many of his possessions, one right in the centre bounce, but he's got seven inside fifties. He's just yeah. one of those guys that you can count on to grab the ball out of the pack and just roost it forward. But actually, uh, to your advantage as well, he's a fantastic kick. 84% disposal efficiency. And, you know, obviously with the Tigers forward set up, if it's, even if it's not getting to a target, it's coming off the hands of Lynch or Rewalt. And uh, you've got plenty of the, the small brigade down there to mop it up. So he works fantastically in that midfield group. And, uh, and I he, think, like you said, you were saying off air last night, Alex Miller, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him when Dion Prestia comes back into the yeah, side. Yeah, it's a big question, isn't it, Kat? Because you think about, you know, Trent Cochin is aging. He's not slowing up by any chance, but... Might be, uh, he might be wasted even putting him up forward, either of those players. So mm. they might have to rotate heavily at, or maybe play an extra high half forward that comes into the frame. But I think you Shy looks... play Shy more on the outside and have him, uh, you know, use that, I think use that penetrating kick. would be okay. Yeah, use that penetrating yeah. kick to your advantage. Absolutely. Get someone like McIntosh to bloody piss off. <laughs> absolutely useless. And uh, I think, anyway, just quickly a couple of other names, Doc, before to you is just Jack Ross I thought was good 17 touches good to see him get a game boys very um, good calling for it uh, Derek Emelay Smith we talked about him prior uh, yes. 15 touches was good Castagna was okay two goals two uh, I thought Oleg Markov boys not the hugest fan but a bit stiff to get dropped uh, this week he actually was okay at the nine t- 11 touches sorry and uh, Sydney no. Stack you know first game back in a little bit they've talked about underwhelming <laughs> preseason in terms of his fitness and his effort but you know, the eight touches is an outstanding, but seven marks is okay. But he missed quite a few uh, to go along with that. But I think as well, just the last name is James Short, boys. I, yes. I talked about him last night. And just um, his, what he's done this season and, you know, since he's come into the fold, you know, he missed out on that first flag. And, you know, that would have been really hard for him because he played, I think, 15, 16 games that season. And 
he's just hasn't missed a beat since he's come into the side. I think he's played every consecutive game now for the last two seasons. And uh, since he, sorry, since his elbow injury, he's played most games. But you know, the twenty-one touches, but he just uses the ball so well, Doc. Yeah, he's um he's been he's been almost one of the one of Richmond's most underrated players, Jaden Short. He's just you know, like for me, like he definitely flew under the radar on uh when when we lost to them on last Wednesday and just yep. you know, when you when you look back at the replay, you just see him there and he's you know, he's just creating a lot a lot of his touches, you know, by foot and he's just such a good just such a good user of the footy and you know He's, he's he's gonna be a gonna be a really big player come come finals time. I can just see it now. It's just yeah. gonna be, you know, Jaden Short along the wing, along half back, just causing causing a lot of havoc. And also before we go to the next game, boys, I just want to touch on Jake Hart's again. Three goals. Yes. You know, I think a lot of pe- a lot of people are starting to sleep on him now because I think, you know, a lot of a lot of people see Richmond it's like, oh yeah, Dusty's killing it, Jack Riott's killing it, Tom Lynch Tom Lynch is the man in the forward line, but. Jake Arts is just an incredible small forward, you know, and, and he's, a, you know, we, we talk, talked about how highly we, we rated him a couple of years ago when we did the uh, the draft episode, Alex Miller, and yeah. how, he, how he was doing a lot of good things in for Richmond's VFL, VFL site. Absolutely, Doc. So, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's great to see him getting, getting this, not only getting this chance now, but, you know, taking it and running, running 15 yeah. metres and then bouncing it. And then taking another fifteen minutes and taking another bounce. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's going to be—he's going to be a dynamic player to watch. I agree, and it's very Richmond-like, isn't it, boys? You think about the recruitment—you know, twenty-five-year-old, not really known, regarded cat, you know, uh, mm. from Tassie, and he's just worked his ass off to get into the side. And I—I th- I think it's amazing. You know, I looked last night. There's six Richmond forwards that average at least a goal a game, so it's quite a team cohesion forward line. So I'm happy with the setup. It was a good win, uh, yeah. but we move on to a. Different game. Man. We move on. This was a huge, huge win in terms of uh, the the ladder, the context of the ladder. The Eagles and the Cats. It was a uh, very back and forth game. The Cats definitely had the uh, the best of the Eagles for a good half there, but the Eagles managed to win after trailing at three quarter time, eleven seven seventy three to ten four sixty four, a nine point thriller. I have to say, boys, the Eagles are probably the most informed team in the competition at the moment. Uh, they've, yeah, won, yeah. they've won five on the trot, I believe it is now. Yep. Uh, they're sitting just outside of the top four, but you think a win this week would get them back in there. Who have they got this week? Oh, actually, no, they've got a buyer this week, so they'll have oh. the game in hand uh, and take on the Blues next week. Yeah, um, I think um, they're in really good touch, aren't they? If you look at the guy at the top of our stats sheets, boys, and um, <clears throat> Dom Sheet, I've been asking for a while when he's going to explode, and he finally has two goals, one. 24 touches, uh, six clearances, 369 metres gained, uh, also four inside 50s and six score involvements. I think... Um, Jeez. And 15 of those possessions were contested. Uh, I've he, been big big on Dom Shea, Doc, for a long time. I, th- I, think we, I think we've all been pretty big on Dom Shea. He's just... Ever since the grand final, you know, he's kind of come into his own now as just another, just another one of these big power midfielders that West Coast have. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It's it's good to see him play because you know he 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 was on the outer for a little bit even in West Coast Premiership season, if memory serves me correct. But um, yeah. but yeah, it's it it's it's fantastic to see. He, he's he's such a he's such a good offensive kind of player. You know, he wins wins clearances. You know, he can even go up board and he's pretty reliable in front of goals too. Yeah, he's as, a, good, as, a good shot. 
as we well and truly know. So, well, well, good, good, good stuff to him. I, I want to touch on Nick Nat's game, boys. Now, I know you're not exactly Nick Nat's biggest fan, Alex Miller, but and look, I've I've had my issues with Nick Nat as well. That's just, but I think I think this is probably one of his, one of his best games since since he's returned from from that knee Rico. You know, thirty four hitouts. I, I would love to know how many he had to advantage because. Mm. I think it, I think it's because of Nick Nat, the guys like Dom Sheed, and I think Tim Kelly played a blinder as well. Because of Nick Nat, you know, these guys got first use of the footy, and particularly in that second half where West Coast got on top. Yeah. He, he, he was the man for mine. Seven inside 50s as well, which kind of outlines, you know, his second and third efforts as well after he gets the hit outs. You know, yeah. we, Riley O'Brien kind of mentioned a couple of weeks ago that, you know, he was lazy and good for nothing, but... Geez, he's really turned it on since since then. Yeah, he's he been wins, wins so many of those clearances just off his own back, and yet yeah, you can. I think you'd probably count on him as the ruckman to win the ball for you the most uh, every time he goes up. Because if he's not, oh, getting dude, it he into didn't have much, uh, much contest in the ruck cat, did he? Though he only had a salver and what salves to beat. Yeah, look, it's a good week to <laughs> good week to come back into form for sure. Uh, what do you make of Tim Kelly's game, Cat, as well? Oh, Kelly has. I think he's found his feet at the uh, at the Eagles. Absolutely, he's looked really, really on form. Twenty three touches, three tackles. Not not uh, fantastic by foot. Only running at sixty one percent disposal efficiency. Yeah. Uh, but look, five hundred seventeen meters gained speaks for itself. He's getting the ball forward for them, and that's what they want. Five inside fifties, three rebound fifties. He runs both ways. Uh, I think he's the, he was the missing piece of that puzzle in the West Coast midfield. We know they've got the guys that can win it in and under. You know, yeah. Luke Shuey obviously is going to gonna be throwing himself around and racking up those contested possessions every time. Uh, but Kelly's just that guy that's running around the ground and getting everywhere. Uh, and I think, I think I'd, I'd say the Eagles have close to the best midfield in the competition at the moment. All these guys are firing. Yeah, that's right. They're all, they're all in really good form in touch. I suppose on the Geelong side, boys, is a close... Close matchup, but it's good to see uh, Mitch Duncan, who I think, you know, he's been one of the underrated cats now for ever since he's been at the club. You know, he, he had one goal, 21 touches, 11 marks, and uh, four clearances. He, he was quite outstanding, I thought, Dol. Oh, absolutely. And I think we, we, we've been pretty high on Mitch Duncan for quite a while. You know, I think, yeah. you know, in a midfield that possesses guys like, you know, Dangerfield, Selwood, Ablett's in there half, part, half the time as well. You know, I, th- I think this guy. I think this guy gets overlooked a fair bit. And, Absolutely. And to see him get the um, finally get to see some recognition, mm. I think is, I think is great for him. Uh, he, he, he's a bloody he's a bloody good talent, Mitch Duncan. He's a very 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 useful operator by foot. He's yeah. very good very good at creating. Also took eleven marks as well. Actually, and we all know how much. I was going to say your your favorite stat. Mr. Miller, the marks. I mentioned uh, the marks. I think that just shows that he's not just—he's not just—not uh, just playing for himself, trying to run the ball up into that forward That's line. Right. But he's getting on the end of his teammates' kicks as well. He's making options and being a being a wing—you know—a player who you want running up the wing. That's that's fantastic for them. That's right. He's involved in all that link-up, boys, as you mentioned, and it's important for the way this Geelong team functions. Because as you mentioned, Doc, the other guys. You know, Selwood uh, and Danger in particular are very in and under. And Duncan does the hard work. A very similar Kane Lambert type boys in terms of, mm. you know, it, certain weeks he'll do the defensive running and other weeks he'll get on the end of them. And you know, he was really good. And Metagola, Doc, who, you know, you've ranted about. He's looking really, really good this season. 
I, I think this man could actually be an All-Australian squad player this year, Sam Menegola, on the wing. Uh, he's just he's just a superb outside runner. He's just, you know, knows where to find the footy. He uses it really well uh, more often than not. So, and, and he's at it, and he was at it again, you know, 19 disposals, six marks, kicked a goal yep. as well. It was, um, I, I really, I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's been one of the better stories that Geelong have had here. Because, yeah. you know, we, we, we've talked about, before you know, he, he's been on he's been on the list at Hawthorne. He's been on the list at Fremantle. Couldn't get a run either either at those clubs. So, and and then he went went back to I think it was the Waffle or the VFL. He, yeah, he, he, went, to... he, he went back to state level and That's right. took, continued to work on his game. And Geelong took the pun on him a couple of years ago, and he's definitely reaping the rewards as well. Yeah, One, it's great what... great to see it, isn't it? You, you think he'd make the forty doc? I reckon. Oh, absolutely. He, he'd, he'd almost be, not only that, I think he'd be top three in Geelong's BNF at the moment. Absolutely. Another guy from the Cats who I thought was really impressive on his uh, coming back into the side, Tommy Stewart. Got to be one of the stingiest defenders in the competition. He does not <laughs> let does not let those forwards score. He's always no, he does there. not. Had the he... 22 disposals. Uh, he also had 10 marks, which is huge. So he was, he was marking about everything. Seven rebound 50s. Uh, the man is, is, he's been All-Australian twice now for a reason. Uh, he's a fantastic defender and obviously the Cats will be really happy to have him back there coming yep. into the pointy end of the season. Is he, is he the best two-way defender in the game right now? Uh, he's up there. Uh, I'll, have to have a, I'll have to have a sit down and a good think about some others. I think, I mean, um, I mean, it, I think it, Sicily's it, another one that drives a lot of movement forward for the Hawks as yeah. well as being that really strong... Intercept aerial presence. Christian Shalem as well would be a really yeah. high echelon player. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, possibly Rory Laird if you know Adelaide were actually playing some decent footy. <laughs> uh, Rory, Rory Laird would have been the best two-way defender a couple of years ago when Adelaide were at its peak. Did Adelaide have a um, peak? Did they? Uh, well, you would. Well, you would have known. I think they would have known. You decked him in the. You, you decked him in the grand final. I know that was their peak. Jeez, <laughs> that was their peak. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about Mr. Constable, boys? Yeah. Yes. Finally good to see him back. Unfortunately, you know, it, it comes at a cost where he found himself knocked out late in the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor bloke. Can't catch a break, can he? So he actually can't catch a break, but I thought he played a really a really fine game. Yeah, I thought he was good in it under it. Uh, we've talked about him before, boys. He's a good size, isn't he? You know, think the, think the length now that we're seeing, the evolution of the midfielders. You know, yeah, Paddy Cripps. You love your length. 192 oh. he is. He's a big boy. That's right. That's big. Yeah. It's a Paddy Cripps type of build. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's what we like. And I think uh, he was really good. And, uh, Down from your way as well, Doc. He's Sandy boy. Yes, he is. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no He's, wonder uh, you're good mates with him, eh? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, 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 I love my local footballers. So, um, you know, shit, I, should, I should actually create a, a 22 of the Sandy boys. There's <laughs> <laughs> a good talent coming out of there. That's what, what, we, we've brewed from this one, boys. We've brewed up quite a few of them. Um, I just want to say that Gary Rowan is a hack player and shouldn't be playing anymore. That's for yeah. sure. Three yeah, touches right. for him and absolutely adding nothing to the forward line. He loves yeah. it when he can get it easy, Gary. He doesn't work hard for crap. What, time, Gary? <laughs> time for time for him to piss off, boys. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. It's, it's time for him to go. And also, Josh Kennedy, I want to say, putting some respect uh, on the name of the big forwards, kicking another four goals and. Putting his name up in the common medal race after that yep. seven goal bag the week before. Cool. Also, boys, Lockie Fogarty, where's he at, boys? Only the five touches. He's uh, stuck at home, I think. 
I reckon Brad's got organised to hit on Charlie Constable. <laughs> right, right, let's okay. move on. Let's I move think on. We have, to move on. <laughs> we have to move on to Freo and the Pies. And what was probably yeah. the weirdest result of the round and probably the strangest game of the round to watch as well, uh, that first quarter, the, the Dockers went goalless, but I actually thought it was a total win. Scoreless. Scoreless. Never, never mind goalless. They couldn't even yeah, score. Bloody score. But, but I think it was all, all, part of, uh, all part of Justin Longmuir's plan as the Pies are only held to one goal too. And of course, as we know, the Pies seem to do all their scoring in the first quarter and then drop off for the rest of the game. And it turned out that way because the Dockers won 10-161 to 7-7-49. And I want to say, boys, it was that backline group that was absolutely 100% responsible for that victory. I've never seen such an undersized, uh, undermanned backline stand up so well. And Luke Ryan is the man who we have to give the most kudos to. 25 touches for him, playing obviously on the taller opponent all game. Uh, he was just immense. Seven marks. Seven marks, yes, he was <laughs> winning those. <laughs> 11 rebound 50s. The man yeah, was that's the, course, that's a the result. behind pretty much every time the Dockers went forward. And that's a big I, result, Cat, of the meters gained. You know, 523, which is the furthest by any docker by another 200. So he just shows you how hard he was working on both ends. And, you know, Caleb Sarong as well. Just the, oh, this kid. Yes. What's, I love him. The ceiling for this guy is really high. You know, obviously highly rated draft pick. 24 touches, six tackles, nine clearances, boys. Uh, yes. You don't see that from an under-five game player. He's just worked extremely hard. Doc, week in, week out, and fantastic to see the young man, you know, get a good reward in terms of stats and a good win for his team. We we go we go back to the the draft episode we did last year, Alex Catalano, and we mm. talked so highly about what Caleb Sarong was capable of, of producing at senior level because he had such an outstanding year in the under 18s and you know it's absolutely beggar's belief how he didn't go in the top five because I thought you know a team like maybe Melbourne could have done with him you know or a team maybe not GWS but perhaps Adelaide would perhaps Adelaide would have would have loved having somebody like him who could just grab grab the game grab the game by the horns and just take it and just take it as, as far as he can run with it well, yeah, Melbourne would rather a second ruckman because, you know, that's what they need. Uh, <laughs> he definitely know, slid down that I, order. Very highly yeah. rated coming into the draft. We, we, we will talk a bit about Melbourne later, but they are, <laughs> it, oh, it's just absolutely... It, it boggles my mind how how, the, how Cal Strong didn't go later. Freo have got a beauty on their hands. And, you know, I just absolutely loved watching him work, work his way around the congestion. And I, I mean, he, he he was probably one of the best on... You know, mm. if, if he'll probably he'll, he'll probably get the two votes. Luke Ryan will get a three on on Brownlow nights. Cause, you know what? Luke Ryan will definitely be winning Freo's best and fairest this year. That, that's an early call from mine. There it is. You have to think so. I think there's, back, back there's to some other names. Not a doubt in my mind. We've got Connor Blakely. Uh, good yes. to see you back, boys. Twenty-three touches. First game in a long time, Cat. Since uh, we've said big, big things about the young man, but. It was very good. He's one of our favourites here. We love him. 12 contested possessions. Really good to see in his first game back for the year. What was his, uh, what, what was his disposal efficiency like, Cat? Because I saw him make a few turnovers. Yeah, only the 57%. So he was <laughs> getting it right into the hands of the pies a, a few times. But, you know, you're always, you're always going to be like that. Trelaw, Tr- Trelaw was like that uh, his first game back. He had about 43% disposal efficiency. Yeah. And obviously he's a very proven player. Uh, so uh, it happens, but he'll shake Cat, it off. 
David Mundy, boys, 23 touches, 10 clearances, I thought was good. Wilson that, played well. Brett Bewley was, was also good. Uh, so was Brayshaw. But also the forwards. Uh, Matty Crabb. Matty Crabb and Tabata. Fantastic four-goal stint cat. The 13 touches and the six marks was a real threat all day. Mm. And without Roughhead, Pies looked a bit shambled down there. Why did they, dro- why did they drop Roughhead? He played a shocker last week. So, oh, you can't drop him off one off one bad game. I think he probably just needed a rest as well. Uh, coming into the next couple of weeks, get him out. You know, maybe they thought, maybe Bucks thought, maybe a bit arrogantly that Frio might be the side to rest him against. But and another one of your mates, Mitch Crowder. Uh, you're 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 in an interesting position of the young man. Two goals from him. Yeah, it was good. He, both those goals came very important times for Crowder. Really swung the the momentum of the game. Uh, but good performance from him. I like he actually, him forward. He actually looks like a gremlin, Mitch Crowden. <laughs> well, that he five. Uh, clearly has some footballing ability. That Fife as well, boys. I just want to talk about him. Uh, if he gets any Brownlow votes for this game, uh, the Brownlow is definitely rigged and they're trying to get him another one because oh. there are other players better than him, even though Fife played well. It's well, good yeah, to see. Fife is uh, played... definitely paying them under the table. <laughs> he played a lot of forward time. Uh, in this game, five. So I yeah. think that, that makes it even more impressive, I think, for Sarong that he was getting so many of those clearances without Fife in there. I had a look at the yeah. stats, and Fife only had one center clearance. So uh, yeah, Sarong uh, doing lots of good work. In that yeah, I, I I think yeah he got he got eight clearances as well, but I think he he, he got most of them in forward forward fifty stoppages. Yeah, in the forward forward ups. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a, a good sign, though, boys, for the Dockers that they're not so reliant on Fife anymore. It's a good team win. What about the Pies? What, are, what do they take out of this game? You mentioned Cat earlier, that the scoring power. Mm. Alex Doherty has labelled them the most boring team to watch at the moment. I think um, That's a it's, a re- it's a really strange position that the Pies are in, generally, yeah. because, you know, we talked about Cat, that they're competing, you know, for a flag, like a couple of other clubs, but they just can't get that scoreboard up what is it mm. we've seen time and time again that it's not it's not the defensive sides that win flags it's the it's the the aggressive attacking high scoring sides that yeah well you need a balance of both really and currently yeah the pies just don't have that that forward balance it's obviously always been an issue that they've never had that true key tall forward and obviously darcy cameron is just kind of filling that void at the moment he's a good player i like him a lot but he's only played you know a handful of games still Brody Majacek doesn't show up every single week. He's got his games where he kicks four goals and he's got his games where he can't even get near the footy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's very, very true. So you think it's a structure thing, Cat? Yeah, look, if they can aim for another tall forward, they'd have to. They surely they need a genuine, not a not a ruck resting forward, not a big American bloke. They need a genuine <laughs> key forward uh, in the side. He, he, he'll be gone at the end of the year, Mason Cox. There is no, not a doubt. He will not get picked up by another club. He, Collingwood will give him the ass, And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be shipping him off to America. We'll hopefully never see him again. Let's talk about some players from the past. Trull had his 30 boys, but only went at the 56%, which I thought wasn't mm. the greatest thing. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't play his best game. He had the clearances as well, but only the two inside 50s, which is, you expect a bit more. John Noble played well. Bit of a rough season this year, so good to see him bounce back. Steel yeah, there was well, plenty boys. of uh, plenty of ball off those uh, those halfback kind of players. Crisp and Maynard, obviously twenty four for Maynard, twenty for Crisp, but they just couldn't get the marks forward at centre. I think it's again, it's a structure thing, as you mentioned, Cat. They just they just look a bit lost in terms yeah. of the setup because, as you see, I hate to say, but we got a Richard last night. You think about down the line to Raymond, down the line to Lynch. That's comforting for a 
for a defender or a midfield to go to. There's, there's not really a target. You yeah. know, Dar- Darcy Cameron's, you know, we got a good set of mid stock. We talked about that, but mm. they need a presence. They really need a presence down there. But it's good to see Steel side bottom back boys from suspension, 25 touches and two goals. Good to see him back. Absolutely. And I think it's just, he, I reckon that first goal, just seeing the pies get around him, I think that's, I think that's good signs for the pies. I mean, they've obviously had a pretty rough season themselves, you know, both on and off the field. I mean, I reckon, I reckon that whole debacle about Buckley and Sanderson playing tennis out of out of the bubble is definitely. Um, I reckon it's definitely played a played a bit of a role mentally. I think. Pies can't seem to keep themselves away from controversy this year. Something's happening every week, it seems. And also, doesn't help when Eddie McGuire starts shooting his mouth off about <laughs> about, about other about other team um, exiting the hub. Uh, it's it's a, it's a given for Eddie to say that. Yeah, Braden Sire boys as well as an inclusion. Cat's uh, got good feelings about this young man. Yes, I do, especially, especially if he makes his way to the Dons. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he played his best footy after. Like, I mean, he he started well in the first quarter, but after that, he kind of kind of like the rest of Collingwood. He kind mm. of just tapered off a little bit. Yeah, and then Brody Brody Grundy as well, boys. He had the uh, forty three hitouts. So plenty of hitouts for him, but only the one clearance himself, which you expect a bit more from Brody. So yeah, I actually thought you know, despite winning that ball, uh, he didn't have that same presence around the ground. Yeah, I definitely felt that. Well, let uh, me get the team stats up, boys, to get the clearance numbers up for us. I also be, wanted uh, to say, uh, Ethan Hughes. Um, I love this. I love this kid, and he really played an excellent game. I thought down in that backline, eight marks, seventeen disposals. Uh, wasn't great disposal wow. efficiency wise, but he was getting plenty of the ball. Here's some numbers and, for uh, you, boys. Good to see from him. We're a big fan of Ethan, aren't we, Cat Man? You, doctors yes. don't like him at all. Uh, not sure <laughs> I'm, com- I'm, I'm coming around to him. I thought he played. A, I thought he played a nice game on on Sunday. <laughs> Here's a stat for you, gentlemen. So the hitouts were 51 to 28 in Collingwood's favour, but the clearances 45 to 30 in favour of the Dockers. Wow. And the, and the stoppage clearances is immense. 34. To 22, which is huge, and uh, that just shows you around the stoppages, whether it was forward, back, or you know wherever, they were really good for you in and under. So good win for yeah. them. Any last well, comments? Not, 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 sure, not sure why. Not sure who Mark Keane is, but uh, I don't want him. I don't want him playing another footy game ever again. Um, <laughs> and and Jack Magic can piss off as well. There it is. That's, that's Alex Doherty's uh, take. Well, we're going to be a bit more positive now and not just pot players. Uh, in fact, we're going to do oh, the opposite. Do you, want to, do you want to run through the other games real quickly for us? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Sorry, the, other games, the other games we had uh, were Thursday night. The power bundles out the Ds pretty convincingly. 12-11-83 to 4 8 32 just showing us that the Ds actually are still crap and any time they play well is a total coincidence. <laughs> the Hawks found themselves some form again, taking down the Blues, 14-589-9-458. The Hawks have actually lifted and some of their old players look like they care about playing footy again. Uh, this is a game that I'd like to forget. The Lions <laughs> destroyed the Dons, 14-791-310-28. Uh, I don't want to look at my side anymore and I only will watch them out of feeling indebted to do so. North Melbourne and Adelaide... Well, <laughs> smashing. It was pretty much the week of smashings this week. 19 which was the highest score for the year, I believe. Festival Beating football Crows, kicked off pretty well. <laughs> defeating the Crows 7-8-50. Uh, and another smashing. And they just keep on rolling. The Saints 
uh, prove themselves they're a top four side, I think. 15, 11, 101 to 6, 12, 48, defeating the Swans. And the Suns and the Giants, 9, 7, 61 to 4, 11, 35 in the Giants' favour. We also look at their back on form. And of course, we've had the two games this round as well. Uh, Port winning by 13 points over the Dogs and the Tigers winning last night by 41 points over the Lions. With our tips, gentlemen, we all got six for that round, and uh, which means the totals don't really change. I'm still sitting last on 43. Alex Doherty on 50 and Alex Miller on 55 out in the league, of course. <laughs> I'm a bit worried now. Doc's coming for me. He's, he's building a bit of a case. I'm, uh, I'm, actually, in, I'm actually in some uh, rare tipping form now. So <laughs> watch out, Alex Miller. I'm coming. Well, we've only got five more games this week, so let's hope we do all right. Now, I've already, already missed out on a tip as well because I'm a dickhead. Oh, that's right. You missed one. Well, we had that one on because we're kind yeah, of... Yeah, no, we do we, we move on. Now, who's Miller. the man? Who's the man? Alex Who Miller, is... I'm going to start you off because you've got one of my favourite players. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, former could have been Essendon star cat, but, you know, no room for him, obviously, in such a good team that you've got. Uh, it's Nick Hyde, <laughs> boys. Number 40 from the Saints. Yes. Little gritty hard work and a little gremlin, little worm in the shoe. He's always there. <laughs> little worm in the shoe. <laughs> Nick Hyde. Uh, three goals. Three goals, one. 16 touches, which should be a career high for him in disposals. Two marks, uh, five tackles, two clearances, 320 metres gained, which is fantastic from the little man, little gremlin. So he was, he was good. Uh, three inside 50s as well. Six score involvements, Cap. Yes. And, and uh, he also had... Uh, five contested, nine contested possessions. So I love, I love Nick Hind. I sit there watching him and I just think, why didn't we pick him up? He is the perfect, the perfect player for the Dons. Played in our VFL team, suits our game style perfectly with his run and gun, super aggressive. Uh, would have been so, nice to have him and Will Schnelling running around, wouldn't it? Too absolutely, little, lucky, too lucky the Saints. I'm jealous. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the Saints for taking Ben Long as well because he played in uh, Putsgray's VFL That's team. Right. Yep. And and I, I was I was pretty big on him, and I, I think if um, nobody had picked him up, uh, you know, early in the early in the, that draft class, it was twenty sixteen, I think it was. You know, the dog the dogs were certainly going to pick him up with one of the later picks, but um, the Saints were onto it. So I think the the Saints of the Saints of the draft the draft table have, have done pretty well for themselves in, in recent years. So yeah, they no, have. It's it. it, it, it it does come as no shock. It should come as no shock, but we are kind of shocked that St Kilda are actually playing pretty good football. Well, it, it's good fun. I actually am quite happy for Fre- uh, not Freya, uh, St Kilda because uh, the, you know they're getting reward out of the young players, and you know we talked about the Caulfields, the Clark, uh, Max King already in his first year dominating. So good to see that all happening. I'm, I'm I'm happy for the players, but I'm not happy for the fans. The fans are already parading around like they won the damn thing. <laughs> Speaking of a player we're all very happy for doc who's your man of the week so i'm gonna go to the north melbourne adelaide game i think you guys will probably know where i'm going to go with this one yes but it's um but magic door guys i mean it's fantastic i mean north melbourne have had a pretty dismal season let's not beat around the bush on that one but i think in a season where you know not even a season in a year where you know it's full of you know doom and gloom and you know potential what if scenarios like mad Jack door coming back from you know al- almost almost taking his own life i mean let, let's not let's not, let's not beat around the bush he nearly he jumped he jumped off that bridge i think what was it two years ago now yeah um only uh busted his hip out of out of out of that and he's and he's come back and everyone's gotten around him and it's 
just such a such an amazing story to to see him come back and not only come back but actually play a hand in North's destruction over Adelaide. And yeah, we we laugh about you know how crap Adelaide are, but realistically, you know, <laughs> North, that was that was North's best performance. And I think the whole week, you know, Magic Magic got the news. I think it was midweek that he was going to play, and everyone got around him. Then everybody got around him. I think it was the last quarter when he kicked that goal. Yes, and. You know, the stats aren't going to jump out of the page. You know, he had eight eight disposals, four marks, kicked a goal, eight hit-outs, four tackles. You know, it's... It, he it's, played it's, everywhere, though, really. He was down forward, back. He was literally playing all over the ground. He, yeah. he was. He was. And, you know, I think in a, in a season where North have failed structurally, I think Reece Shaw's just, you know, flipped the pieces around. He, he dropped Pollock and Brown for, for this game mm. as well. So... He's off. <laughs> Yeah, look, they'll never get back in. I, th- I think they're back in for tonight, uh, Alex Miller. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you boys uh, heard Dern talking pre-game. Yeah, I did about, hear. I did uh, hear about that magic, was... but gen- genuinely inspirational stuff from him. Uh, I, I did hear about that. I think it was very um, genuine and very heartfelt. Because I think I think I read something about Dern having lost family members to similar similar situations. Um, yeah. and you know just. <clears throat> From somebody that, you know, speaks from the heart like that, it, it's definitely touching and, it's, you know, it's fantastic, boys. You know, it, it, it's almost what footy's about. Footy's about getting around one another, especially in, in tough times like this. You know, we all know players have had such a had such a rough go of it. You know, we talked about Shane Tuck a couple of weeks ago. It's, um, you know, it, it's good to see everybody getting around Magic because it's, um, yeah. it's what we need, boys, in, in, such, a, in, in, such, a, in such a trying time. Lucky well, last so cap. Yes. Who's your man, mate? Well, my man is uh, a man who's been under fire. You wouldn't you wouldn't think he's one of Brownlow from the way that some people in the media talk about him and one of our very own Alex Miller. But Tommy <laughs> Mitchell, Tommy Mitchell from the Hawks, I thought was back in his best form uh, for the first time probably since he came back from his leg injury, from his leg break. Uh, Twenty eight touches for him, eight tackles, which is fantastic to see. I just thought he, I always thought one of his strengths. Uh, in his Brownlee year especially, is how he gets around the ground and seems to be always on the end of, uh, you know, all those possession chains. And he was doing that, uh, but also winning it in the middle. Ten contested possessions, but eight, 18 uncontested possessions as well. So he does he does both. 459 metres gained, five inside 50s, two rebound 50s, five clearances as well. Especially against that Blues midfield with, you know, Paddy Cripps, obviously we all know how strong he is. Uh, it was, it was just fantastic to see from him to play his best. And the whole team really got up and about. I think partly due to him, you know, the likes of uh, Isaac Smith and Jack Gunston were on back in form too. But he definitely drove most of the most of it for the uh, for the Hawks. Yep. Yeah, he, 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 he definitely played well. I thought he, <coughs> he, 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 he was huge in that second quarter when um, the Hawks were pretty much out for the count. You know, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely bounced back now, I think. We'll, we'll we'll see we'll see where the Hawks are truly at this week. Oh no, they they've got the bye this weekend. Um, but we'll we'll see where they're at um, in a in a in a week in a week or so. Yep, very good. We've got some big news coming out of the AFLW. Obviously, the trade period has started as of I believe it was the third. Yeah, uh, it started on Monday. Started on Monday, and there's been plenty of trades. Uh, very aggressive trading, especially from your mob, Alex Miller. The Tigers. 
have landed some pretty big name recruits. Obviously, headlined was, of course, Sarah Hosking from yes. the Blues. I don't know how we've done it. I don't know <laughs> why she's come here, but you I'm very thankful that she is here because uh, we can actually use some talent. And she is uh, just that. And I hope, uh, come on, Jess. Come on, come on, come join your sister. Come on. Come on, we need them both here. Two stars. Uh, well done. Uh, good pick up by the Tigers. Uh, very good recruitment, and I'm very happy with that indeed. Yeah, no, three three other big names as well. Sarah Darcy, Sarah Duggan, and Harriet Corden are also all making their way over to the Tigers. Why are they coming to the Tigers, boys? Is it because there's more, I don't know, possibility like spotlight in a Richmond team in terms of Victoria, you know, well, big fan base? Or? Well, in in terms of Melbourne offloading Cordner, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to get um, draft picks. Yeah, they're trying to clear space for the, yeah, they're, I know. They're, they're clearing space. So they're obviously seeing um, a bit, a bit in this year's draft class, even though we haven't we haven't seen much um, this year. Yeah. Um. Not sure. Carlton are trying to offload players, probably probably because they're gonna they're gonna land Elise O'Day from Melbourne, which is a huge. No, I understand huge... why the, why the teams are getting rid of their players, but I don't understand why they're coming to us. Like, we're not really. Are we a destination? <laughs> I guess it is. Uh, I mean, you look at you look at you know Monconti, <laughs> Katie good. Brennan, Sabrina Frederick. Obviously, they're all huge we're names. Very good. They're all they're all household names, but only two of those three are very mediocre. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's the culture. Everybody, the Tigers have got a very strong name for themselves. I think uh, I at think, the moment, a hundred thousand members obviously is very <laughs> attractive to most people. It might it might might just come with the name. You know, when people think Richmond, they think success, and you know, the I think the Tigers have got a really strong foundation. You know, in terms of what they've got at the moment, they've got a lot of young talent in there. And I think. Adding the likes of Hosking is going to really help out the midfield brigade a lot. And and for mine anyway, I think that should send Katie Brennan back forward because I think that's where she can play her best football. Yeah. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't seen it in a, in a long while, but we'll hope, hopefully with um, some, midfield, some midfield talent in there as well. You know, you've got Conti, Hosking now. I think, oh, who was it? Sarah Darcy can also help. Provide a chop out there. Dargan, Dargan's got potential to play in there as well. Yeah, you know, and and then you've got all the um the young midfielders. You know, Soph Molan, Ella Wood. You know, the likes of them, they they can certainly play, and they've proven it as well. But they just they just need some um some experience to help them out. I reckon. So that's um. They did lose a pretty crucial mid midfield piece though, the Tigers with Grace Campbell making her way to North Melbourne for pick forty three. I don't. I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand how Grace Campbell can go for so little, and because I think she was what top five in Richmond's BNF. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And she was fourth. Yeah, gone for a, a third rounder. North, North have got themselves a, a beauty of a pickup, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do with her next year. Whether or not they send Jasmine Garner back as a as a full time full forward, or mm. give or give Emma Carney a bit of a chop out because she's she's now becoming on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah, but geez, they, they've added a, a a bloody good player. If North didn't already have the strongest midfield group in the yeah, competition, they definitely well, do now. It's a great addition, isn't it, Cap? In terms of what she can bring to that team, it is. I'd be I'd be absolutely shitting myself if I was any other team coming up against <laughs> North Melbourne next year because they're going to do some steamrolling. Yeah, well, Not they already didn't this year. Sure. What other news do we have trade wise? Um, well, Abby Green from North Melbourne's on her way to Collingwood. I think it's going to be a very, very good pickup for the Pies. Uh, they lost um, Eliza Hines to retirement uh, a couple of weeks ago, who played as a, a second ruck option. 
which is certainly something she can provide. And she's also a very capable key forward as well with strong hands. And, you know, Collingwood didn't, Collingwood didn't have to give up much. They only gave up pick 40 for it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do with that. And uh, as much, much as it hurts me to say this, but um, we have to say goodbye to Ashley McCarthy at the Bulldogs because she's yes. on her way to West Coast. Um, yeah, pick 16, I think it is. And, and also a swap of picks. Uh, pick, two come, pick two coming to us. And pick three going to West Coast, which last yesterday I, I said it was um, a bit a bit of a puzzle, but I but I finally got it because um, pick sixteen is a good pick though, Doc, isn't it to secure? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, that's a pick ten for the Victorian draft. So so yeah, we get so that's now two picks in the top ten for us, um, which is which is great. Uh, we can continue continue either continue to build on what we've, what's a young and promising list. And hopefully no other team can poach our established players because I'm getting really sick and tired of it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> another but big yeah, one no. that I'd like to uh, talk about: Jay Van Dyke has made her way to the Saints from the Blues. Obviously, a very established yes. Hawks VFLW player, and they're building a little contingent over there of uh, the Hawks. You know, they've got Rosie Dillon there, obviously already. Yeah. Tamara Luke as well. Uh, so a few of them gathering at Moravan. I'm not sure what's what's going on Jeez. with that, but. You can only can only be positive if all these players have already, you know, established good chemistry together and give, well, give the Saints some good uh, that's right. presence in the back. Oh, actually, yeah, no, she's same. quite young, Van Dyke. I believe she's only uh, twenty or 25. so. 20. Yeah, she's she's only in her early twenties, Jade Van Dyke. So, and and she won VFLW's Rising Star Award a couple of years ago before she got picked up by Carlton as well. So, yeah, you know, she she's a, she's a she's an immense talent in that back line, and it's got to make St Kilda's defensive defensive structure all the more stingy and we talked about it you know i think a, a little bit this year you know their, their defense is already pretty strong enough as it is is, is a yeah. very strong unit as it is yeah so it, it, it i'm i'm really excited to see what they've what they've got what they've got i think um bianca jackson is touted to go there as well from melbourne mm-hmm. you'd expect uh maybe a high first round one of st kilda's first rounders to get to get it done it's um you know, it's it's very exciting for a Saints uh, supporter, both in the men's and the women's. Very Absolutely. true. Any other news? Um, I think we've covered I, the majority of it there. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we've got it all. There's Obviously, still, the trade period is still ongoing, so there's still going to be more to come over the next coming days. Yeah, so an keep an eye on that. We'll definitely Sarah have Black's a good one we'll to follow on Twitter for all the news with the AFLW trade period. She's got pretty much everything you could ever ask for. Yeah, she's uh. She's she's one of a kind, sir. Like I, I I quite like keeping up to date with her because she's she's on she's on the money all the time. Yes. Well, next segment we've got coming up on Rosie Alex Miller obviously cooked up another wonderful segment last week, and this time with a focus, right. the eye is on the demons. Mm. We are uh... we we we, 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 lo- we love roasting Melbourne at the best of times, but this is going to be good. <laughs> well. It's a strange predicament, you know, the one with football club boys. We've got talk, obviously, the main discussion we've had on and off air, us three, is about Simon Goodwin's job in terms of keeping it. Uh, he'd be lucky to spell the three-letter word. But I think um, <laughs> Simon, he's had some issues in terms of, you know, Melbourne somehow made the finals a couple of years ago, looked like a really good team. And then since then, have just capitulated. I have said it before, boys. I think it's a one-hit wonder. I think it was a sort of the terms of Melbourne all these players playing at their peak and they just haven't improved. And uh, 
they've stuck with these guys as well, and they just they just haven't kicked on. You think about the Neil Bullens, uh, Lockhart's been thrown around everywhere. Neville Jetta's uh, digressed. So is Tom McDonald. Uh, you know, the likes of Oscar McDonald still hanging around. Uh, I don't know how. Um, you know, Bailey Fritch has improved, and Stephen May's gotten better. Jake Lever's finding his form, uh, and Petrarca's improved, which is positive. But the thing I want to ask you, boys, is what's with the young players in and out of the side cat? What is the? What are they trying to build? What is the identity of Melbourne? It's a good question. Uh, good question. I never really know what's going on in the mind of Simon Goodwin. He's definitely one of the enigmas of the AFL. Sometimes I wonder if there's anything going on in his mind at all. Uh, (laughs) But I think, look, he's just trying to maybe get an idea of where this list is at, where the young players need to be played. Where is the list at for yours then, Kat, in terms of a ladder ranking? Yeah, it's hard to say because so many of these young Ds, obviously the reason why they're getting games is because so many of them are still unproven and haven't had very much time to play. You know, you look at the likes of young uh, Tom Sparrow, who was in last week. Hasn't had much of a shot at it. Harry Petty, one of our favourites, still hasn't played very many games. No. Uh, Benel, obviously a mature age player, has been in and out uh, the, the whole time this year. Pretty much played one game on, one game off. I think Benel's uh, been a tick. Come on. Yeah, he has been yeah. a tick, yeah. absolutely. Um, but in I terms think... of the risk they had to take, Doc, very low risk, high reward yeah. so far. Yeah, he's de- definitely, been, um, definitely been a good find for them so far. It's just... Just probably just about making sure his body's still fine. You know, it's, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's a shortened season, and probably the break's going to be a very, as we already know, the breaks are already going to be very uh, minimal. Yeah. So it's very important to look after you know his body as opposed to most of the others. It's a bit of a strange season as well to be doing this all in terms of stop, start, stop, start. We don't know where we're playing each week. But what else did you want to add, Cat? Sorry. I think we see every week Goodwin's making at least three or four changes to the side. And I don't know if it's all completely reactionary or if he just wants to give these young guys a go. But, like, you look at this week coming up against the Crows and he's not even got young guys in. He's bringing in Aaron Vandenberg, Adam Tomlinson, Alex Nilbullen and Harley Bennell. Cosy uh, yeah. Pickett obviously coming out with injury. Uh, and he's dropping Mitch Hannon, Austin McDonald and Tom McDonald. So, but you know, why? Like, you think about, you know, Mitch Hannon is an interesting one. To speak yeah, Hannon, it could, could just be managing, but it says omitted on the... Uh, yeah, that's the thing. On the uh, the, the internet, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't that, know really what to think. I, that's I, a, just what I... that's a strange one, Mitch Hannon, because I actually think he's he's been probably one of Melbourne's better forwards. This, I haven't got this... any forwards. He's been their best forward by far, I think, this year. I think bet- between him and yeah, that's Mel- something. Between him and Melksham, they've they've been and and Bailey Fritch as well. I think they've been their best forwards, which probably won't say much, but you know. The only I'm looking at their anyway, team this week, uh, and the only players they've got that they picked up in the last couple of drafts playing uh, playing this week are Tom Sparrow, Jay Lockhart, and Luke Jackson. Everyone else is either an established player or a player from a few drafts ago, you know, the likes of Wiedemann and Fritsch, uh, or players that they picked up in trades and whatnot. They're well, playing like to... I think Goodwin's trying to play them like. Uh, Either that he thinks they're a finals contending team still, and in some weeks he thinks that maybe they need to rebuild and play the kids. He needs to stick to one thing, I think. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm talking about. You think about, you know, Nathan Jones. Yes, he's been a good servant, but give it away. Should have given it away last year. But yeah, if they're not if they're not making finals, Jones is not playing in the next premiership. No, 
And um, they have much better options to play in the midfield, or they've named him right. even at half back. Their backline's their most loaded part of the ground. Jones really doesn't need to be there taking a spot off one of their young guys. I agree. And this is what I'm talking about, boys. This is why it's outrageous in uh, uh, Melbourne land. They just need to work harder in terms of what they want to build because it's still unclear. You know, is this a team that's rebuilding? Is this a team that's going to sit, you know, in the middle of the top bottom eight for the next two, three years? Or are mm. they trying to push for the eight? But uh, they can't with the list for mine. So that's all I've got to say about bloody Melbourne. I think either they have to get rid of Simon Gould and find somebody that's got structure or they've got to just rebuild it with, with Goodwin because at the moment there, there is there is no identity with Melbourne. I agree. Yeah, that's like, I mean, I, I mean, I had the, I had the, uh, the unfortunate... Um, I, was unfor- I was unfortunately subjected to watch their game against Port on uh, Thursday night. Um, <laughs> and look, just going, just going forward when they, when they had the ball in the back line, there was just nobody to kick to. Like everybody, yeah. everybody was swamped back, and and no one, and there was nobody that was you know even even at half forward or on the wing, yeah. you know. Ed Ed Langdon had Ed Langdon had the footy at one at one moment. He was he was in the half back line, and he and he had no one to kick to. He had to kick he had to kick it to the other wing for Christ's sake. So there is no their ball movement is is you know I've I've, I've applauded Melbourne for actually playing like they want to give a shit last the last month, but at the <laughs> but at the moment. That that they're still they're still a rabble. They're still. It, they're, come, it, yeah, it comes back to the identity, Doc. You talk about the ball movement. I don't know if they're they're looking to become a quick tempo team. If they're going to be a possession style team. If they're trying to do a heavy defensive rebound team. So it's an you, interesting thing. You look at this. Li- you look at this list, and there's potential to be uh, a, a a good running team, but at the it moment, just hasn't worked, has it? At the moment, there's no cohesion. There's no, no. and and the skills are absolutely way down on their 2018, which is unbelievable considering the circumstances, you know, yep. you know, because mo- most of these, most of these boys did play in the 2018 team. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a strange thing. Anyway, um, that's... having a look through the assistant coaching staff and <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's probably an area that the D's are lacking when you look at some of the talent that's sitting in, you know, the coaches box for other clubs Obviously, they brought in Alan Richardson uh, this year after his sacking from the Saints as the director of coaching. But you just look at their line coaches. Troy Chaplin, Justin Plapp, who played only 44 matches, apparently, AFL matches. Ben Matthews, who Paul Roos brought in after playing for the Swans. Uh, Matthew Egan is the head of player development. I just think you look at some of the coaches that other clubs have gotten, how high in demand they are, especially for senior roles. Uh, you know, you look at the likes of the coaches that have been like Ray Shaw and Stewie Jew and Justin Longmuir, uh, who have all been raised to senior positions in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, and it's I tough can't as well. see many of those guys from the D's. I've never heard any of those names raised in uh, <laughs> potential coaching, no. senior coaching roles. So, and, and you think as well, Kat, you, you mentioned that, but you think about bringing a new coach in as Goodwin was a couple of years ago, you need senior staff as those assistants yeah. to support him and to either back his game plan decision-making or to, you know, critique and say, maybe we should do this with the list. Because I, as you, I, that's a big point. I hadn't heard of any of those assistant coaches. So there's not strong mm. support maybe for Simon in terms of he doesn't know if he's doing the right thing or not. So yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, only blokes there that have been coaching longer than about three or four years are Matthews, who was under Ruse already. Yeah. He's probably used to the Ruse system and Alan Richardson, who's come from a completely different club this year. 
I, I, I will have to say, like, I, I do know of Justin Plapp. He actually coached, um, I think it was Bentley in, our, in, in the local league. Well, I not, definitely it, do not know of Justin Plapp. He sounds like a wild platypus. <laughs> I, I, I think he might have played a few games for your mob in the, um, in the early 2000s, late 90s, I think. I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but no, look, I, I, have heard of, I have heard of Plapp, and he's actually not a bad coach. I mean, he's quite, he's quite a good tactician but it's just oh we're not saying he's bad we're just saying you need you need senior heads if you're going to bring mm. in a new coach from oh, yeah. to support that team oh absolutely anyway. but but uh but yeah that's just my that's just from local experiences it's it's definitely uh, a step a step forward in afl i'm not not trying to but um, but I, I i do rate clap as, as, as a coach fair cool and uh, we move on to the eggs boys uh we'll start with you alex Dockney. who's your egg for this week uh, I would like to scramble the Herald Sun. Uh, now, <laughs> the whole um, newspaper. Uh, yeah, Each yes. and every page, Cap. Every page. <laughs> uh, just, just, just mainly the sports section because I don't read because <laughs> I don't read much else. The economy the is fine. <laughs> yeah, not reading the, uh, well. the stocks and finances section, Doc. Uh, oh, actually, no, that's a lie. I do read the stocks and finance <laughs> section. Oh, there um, you go. Took a shot in the dark. Um, <laughs> but, but um, <laughs> this, this is more towards the uh, the sport. <laughs> the sport. <laughs> The sports writers, because um a couple of weeks ago they released their uh their richest one hundred, mm. which, which I thought was okay. First of all, in in a, in, day, in times like this where everybody is struggling to either a hold a job or b keep themselves financially stable, I think it's pretty piss poor from them to start with. But then for the likes of I think it was John Ralph who got it wrong with uh, Maxi Gorn's um Maxi Gorn's salary, and I think there was somebody there was some there was somebody else. John right? Ralph. I think there was somebody else as well who I actually can't remember now, but somebody else said that they got the Herald Sun, that the Herald Sun got his wage wrong. That's just that's just shocking journalism, you know. Like no, nobody like like okay, as gen, like uh, me me personally, I'm, I think it's great to know who who's on what, just so we can get a gauge of you know how they play. Is it are they are they really worth that much? But you know, if somebody if if I ask somebody and says, "What are you What are you earning?" and they refuse to tell me, that's you know, I'm 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 completely fine with that because that's not. You, you don't know, go and make it up, John. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you know, that's that's their personal that that's their life. You know, I don't. I, you know, we don't want to intrude or invade their personal privacy or and whatever. Yeah, but th- this is just this is just appalling journalism from from the Herald Sun. I just. You know they've they've been on the they've been on the decline a fair bit to be to be perfectly honest to Herald Sun but um I'm 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 still re- I'm still reading and critiquing everything they do so and in hopes of maybe I can get a, maybe I can get a paid job and turn it around but uh <laughs> there it is there it is but um Herald Sun pull your finger out that's just that's just not good enough for one. <laughs> yeah, look, cool. if it, if the players that. wanted it to be public it would be public don't base everything you hear off hearsay and. That's very little journalistic integrity, I have to very say. Very cool. That's a good one, Doc. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Kat, we move on to your egg. Yes, I've got a hard-boiled egg this week. and uh, There's one man by the name of Lockie Neal, who the, obviously the rumour mill runs around. Everybody likes to talk about who's leading the brown low. Uh, but we look, at the, we look at the coaches' votes at the moment. The coaches' votes leaderboard. Obviously, the players hold it in quite... Uh, Quite high esteem. You want to be yep. want to be uh, the coach is pretty good judges, and I believe Lockie Neal is currently sitting at about uh, thirty votes ahead of the next highest. If he I is. can find the tallies, uh, 
But yeah, he is currently, Lockie Neal, currently on 60 coaches' votes, followed by dual second place, Travis Boak and Jack Steele on 39. Uh, the man is having an absolutely incredible year. Uh, obviously, he didn't, as, as one uh, Alex Miller, uh, both of you boys are quick to point out, didn't have his best game uh, last night. Uh, but the stats speak for themselves, I think. We'll get his averages up for the year. He's been, he's average, just... average 28.5 disposals. Uh, 13 of those are contested possessions. Four intercept possessions as well. Kicking about a goal every game. He's had 10, 10 goals for the year. Five marks, five clearances, three tackles, three inside 50s. Uh, if to say anyone else is like capability of is capable of winning the Brownlow this year is probably probably a stretch uh, unless Dusty gets some freakish runs of three votes over the next. Well, he probably has gotten three votes well, over the last couple of games. Well, he's gotten six votes the last two games. If he has a decent ish game, oh, we got to beat Port. I don't think we'll beat Port anyway. Not talking about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't think we give him enough praise here, Lucky Neil. So he's my hard boiled egg of the week. That's a good egg, Kat. And I'm not having eggs, boys. I'm uh, filled up on eggs, so I'll, I'll have an egg <laughs> next week. Eaten. I'll have an egg next week. Boys, uh, who did we tip for the last couple of games? Uh, I know I tipped, I tipped both the winners. I tipped the, uh, the Power and the Tigers. Yes, I, I, I also picked both winners. Uh, Port against my mob because my mob suck. And, <laughs> well, 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 they suck against the better teams. And I did tip Richmond against Brisbane because I think Richmond are now starting to hit their straps. And as we know, last night they were uh, they're back to the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, as as I mentioned, kicking off the show, I didn't tip uh, Port or the Dogs because I am an idiot. So I would have tipped Port, and uh, I did tip Richmond. But I just want to say thank you, boys, for backing the Tigers. Uh, not easy to back back against the informal Brisbane. Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a good feeling this week. You know, playing against us and playing against the Tigers is a very different story. Yeah, well, yeah, well, as, as I said, I think it was earlier. You know, we we got we we experienced it firsthand last week about how good Richmond are yeah. as as a, as a unit, and that, that, they almost look back to their best. I think they needed a couple of weeks to probably just gel and and get and get the new players in, which I think they've done pretty superbly. Tell you what, boys, I'm going to have a face with this new fixture because the times are ridiculous. <laughs> Tonight's game, uh, five forty, Geelong take on North Melbourne at the Gabba. Couple of big users, uh, Lucky Hosey boys, who we're a fan of in the yes. midseason draft. He's in, and Will Walker, and Will Walker. Cat, me and you, we're a big fan yes. of this young man. Good to One see of my favourite players that I'm, I'm looking forward to game. I'm looking forward to seeing him, boys, because yes. I haven't seen, I haven't seen much of him, haven't heard much about him. So Look, the yeah. expectations aren't going to be too high because <laughs> he's had a long time out, but. Yes. Very happy to see him getting a game. Also, as mentioned, uh, Alex Doherty before Ben Brown and Jared Pollock are in. Uh, the changes are Kyron Hayden, Davis, Luke Davis, Uniac, and Nick Larky all manage, and Curtis Taylor out with an injury. Do we, reckon, do we reckon with Larky going out, uh, Reese is keeping Magic forward? Yes. Yep. Yes. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock it in. Uh, for Geelong, obviously, Stuv, uh, the. Nickname I'm not a fan of is in Joel Selwood returns, Ray Stanley, Tom Atkins, and Zach Guthrie. Boys, mm. the fake Cam is in, and uh, Brandon pa- Cam up, Cam Guthrie, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Parfit, Radagalia, Gary Rowan, and Jake College as the old manager, and Charlie Constable at in it as uh, geez, geez, I think Matt Ma- manages a bit of a stretch with Gary Rowan. I think he <laughs> should I think be dropped to the should be, should be omitted. Uh, who are we tipping this one tonight, boys? I'm going with the Cats. 
Yeah, look, I think I think the Cats at the moment. They're, uh, you know, I, I actually thought they were going to get uh, taken in the cleaners by West Coast on uh, Saturday night, but actually did they actually did themselves pretty well. So I think uh, the Cats will keep North Melbourne to one goal again. I uh, I wouldn't underestimate North riding high momentum here, but Ooh. still going to tip the Cats. But I think it'll be closer. <laughs> it'll be closer than we think it'll be. The fake tip. Very good. The yes, Sarah, we're going to Geelong. Yeah, you do this one, Cap. This is all yours. Game, this is going to be a thriller. Who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to read out this? The Crows and the D's at eight ten tonight. Boy, I'm sure. Hello, uh, I'm sure everyone around Australia will be lining up in front of the TV to watch this game. Yes, I know. I know. I, know I will be. I'm not going to watch it. There are eight eight oh, changes. Surely, the Crows. could you believe this? So it's going to take me about a year to read all these out. In for the Crows comes Darcy Fogarty, David McKay, Fisher McCassie, Harry Schoenberg, <laughs> Lockie Scholl, Ned McHenry, Tex Walker, and Tom Duday. And out, Andy McPherson, Bryce Gibbs, Kieran Strachan. I don't know how to say it. Strawn. 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 Kyle Hardigan, about time. Riley Knight, yep. Rory Atkins, Shane McAdam, and Tyson Stengel all making their way out. And for the Ds, as we mentioned Jesus. before... As I mentioned before, Jeez, there's, a, there's a few players here stiff to be out. Yeah, look, a lot of them says managed, but uh, don't know. Well, I think I and Rory Atkins boys both admitted. I think they're a bit stiff to. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What about Bryce Gibbs? Has he been managed or has he been dropped? He's been admitted. Uh, he has been admitted. He has been dropped. Uh, for the D's as well. I'm, not, I'm not shocked. For the D's, yeah. Vandenberg, Tomlinson, Neil Bourne, and Bennell all in, as we mentioned before, and Cosy Pickett. Mitch Hannon, Oscar, and Tom, both the brothers, are out this week. So Pickett is injured, and Hannon, McDonald, to both drop. Uh, just crap. Uh, and just Plain also, and James Harms, boys, plays his 100th, and uh, Mitch Hibbity's 150th tonight. So who are we going to go in this game? I'm actually not going to watch oh, it. I'd rather, I'd rather poke my eyes out with a large pitchfork. <laughs> I don't know if these if these eight eight sets of fresh legs might do the crows some good, and they might actually win their first game. I'm actually, I'm actually half tempted to pick the crows. No, I can't do it. It's a shit. Yeah, I think I might do it. I think I'm going to tip the crows. There it is. Oh, I think I think I might stick with Melbourne. I don't. I just, I don't know. I really don't know. I'll, I'll go with this. There's three other games as well, boys, to play at. Uh, Colin will take you on <laughs> Sydney at the Gabba. Boys, uh, to go? You think the Pies will win this one pretty pretty handily? Yeah, I think... Yeah, look, I... Th- oh. Surely they can't Except be this the crap. They, they yeah. can't be this crap. They actually, the they actually... They actually can't be that crap. <laughs> I, I think... Oh, yeah, I think Colin wins. Uh, then we've got Gold Coast uh, taking on St Kilda. This is going to be a thriller, this one. They've yeah, played, look, some, look, they played some good games I'm bored of this one. in the past. I don't know how this is going to go exactly. I think um, I'm going to go with the Saints. Will be close. I think I'll go the Saints as well. Yeah, yeah I, think the Sa- I think the Saints are, um, are in form at the moment. I think, they, uh, I think they learned their lesson when they were last time they were at Metricon, boys. So I think they'll, yeah. uh, they'll get it. Last game. Not confident. Friday night here. <laughs> My mob take on the Giants <sighs> at Metricon Stadium. I'm picking the, I'm picking the Giants. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not picking us in the next <laughs> three weeks. To be honest, wait, I think we said that so convinced that he's been the Giants was easy. I think we're rooted. Uh, the Giants will win. <laughs> I agree. Um, I don't think you're rooted. 
but I think uh, the Giants are much not rooted as you. Much less rooted. Uh, and also I, I think, the buys. We've got Carlton, Hawthorne, Fremantle, and West Coast. So I'm also confused, boys, because next week there's no real buys. I think there's only two teams. And then there's the, yeah, the, the Swans and Giants. But then Swanson. what happens to our mobs? Because none of us have a buy. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I believe I'll be getting a buy. Or you got you to the Tigers and the Dogs at the very least will be getting a buy later in the year. So, our game yeah. against Melbourne has technically already counted as our buy. Or the missed <laughs> game, rather. It's a bit rough. Would have, uh, I, I oh, did what do you say, mean, what do you mean, bro? I did say, I would have rather no, played them, but they're shit again now, so <laughs> wouldn't mind playing them now. His future's not one week, though. But, but, <laughs> the bad news is that you're also shit, Kat, so this will be oh, yeah. another, it'll be a battle of the, be... <laughs> who's worse. <laughs> well, it won't exactly be spoon bowl, but it'll be close to it. <laughs> all right, I believe that's all for us this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Thanks for listening. It's uh, a weird mid-round podcast this week, but that's kind of the nature of this 20 days of footy. We're, we're probably going to be popping in in the middle of the round every week. Uh, but make sure to keep updated. You stay with us on our socials, A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook, at A3 Footy Podcast on Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter, and of course there's the email as well, A3 Footy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you on there. We loved getting our response last week on the Twitter. Uh, we'd love to get Jason, we love you, mate. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Absolutely. you have anything to close us out before we uh, wrap this up, gentlemen? No, I just want to say uh, thank you for all the support over yes. the uh, crazy period. Uh, it's been really good. Uh, so thank you very much. And keep on keeping on. Stay safe if you're in Victoria and anywhere in Australia, in fact. And everyone in Stage 4, we're doing it tough, but we'll get through it together. Yes. Six weeks, if we all do the right thing, we'll be right. So heads up, watch the footy. At least we got it. So uh, <laughs> This is yeah. very true. Yep, exactly. thanks. thanks for all the support. All right. Well, with all that that's said, a, that's exactly right. Uh, we 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 have got another. I was going to say we have got another seven hundred cases. So, oh look, probably, it probably might it might take it might take another <laughs> week or two before we actually get some um, we get some we get some comforting numbers. But for God's sake, guys, stay at home. You know, I'm I, you know I'm so sick of seeing people. I'm so sick of people walking outside. You know, I, you know, I I finished I finished up a shift at work on Sunday, and there was about at least a dozen, over a dozen people between my workplace and the car which was parked around the corner and I was actually ready to punch somebody. I, I, I was genuinely that angry about our, our state. All right, well, all, we don't, we don't condone acts of violence against... We uh, don't condone violence. I'm not often a violent man, but when I'm angry, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. <laughs> He's angry. All right. Well, with all that said, please stay at home. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you join us back next week, whenever whenever that may be. We'll cover round 10 and obviously all the upcoming of round 11 and round 12. Thank you for listening.